there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Pure Hoops podcast, another week, another show. Eric Newman, BJ Armstrong, my man, how are you this week? Well, Eric, I'm uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, All Star Weekend is upon us, coming up very quickly. Really mm-hmm. sneaking up, right? Yeah, really, it's really sneaking really up. Really been really been stealth, and now it's it's one month away. And the, the games are, you know, they're meaningful games. I mean, now we're, we're starting to see how the seedings are shaping up. Trade deadline is coming up. So there's a lot of activity, a lot of things for us to touch upon this week. As always, never a shortage of on-court and off-court. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because people accuse me of still holding a grudge. People accuse me of sometimes devoting my energy to the wrong things. But Kyrie Irving telling the press, essentially, some of his current teammates aren't good enough and they're going to need to add more pieces with KD's return. To me, was just, I, I was watching the clip and then I watched it again when you just have that look of disbelief and your jaw drops to the floor. I don't understand how you could, and, and I don't think he, like, this was premeditated, but for those of you who uh, saw the clip, heard the quote, et cetera, et cetera, this has the chance to just completely fracture that locker room for the rest of the year because he's naming guys that will be building blocks, and then he's leaving out guys like Joe Harris and Torian Prince and Jared Allen, amongst others, who have been busting their ass to try to keep the nets afloat. So before we get on to our rundown for the day, if you're the Nets organization and we know what the Kyrie leadership issues were in Boston last year, what kind of a conversation do you need to have with this guy to just basically say, don't answer shit like that? Well, Kyrie is, you know, a very interesting player in this regard. Because of his exceptional talent, we automatically place him in the position of leadership. And here's another example of when you're leading a group and when you are looked upon in situations where clearly Kyrie and Kevin Durant have raised the expectations of what is possible there in Brooklyn. Now you have to look at the big picture and I'm not sure what the effects will be of this, but certainly if you're in that locker room, it's a little uncomfortable in the locker room with that, with that quote and you know i don't know how you repair that because once you lose your group whether you're the head coach the the leader of the team as a player 
or what have you, once you leave, once you lose the trust of the group, it's very hard to regain that. So it would be interesting to see how this team performs for the rest of the season after this remark, because that was a pretty, you know, that was a, that, that, that was a tough assessment. And, uh, you know, this team has only been together, what, for 40 or so, 40 or so games. You know, Kyrie's been out for a large part of the season due to injury. And then guy, missed, that guy, missed, guy missed 26 games. Sorry to cut you off. He missed 26 games. They've played 40. They're 18 and 22. They sit in the eighth seed today, Thursday, as we record this. They're, they're not in the place they thought they'd be, but they're in a spot where they can compete for the rest of the season if he's healthy. I, I'm just I'm, – I'm baffled. The definition of leadership, as you know and you've lived this, is to raise the level of the guys around you. This is the complete opposite of that. It's just it's, – it's unfathomable to me. But it, it doesn't surprise us with, with who this guy has been and the mystery around him. So for all you Brooklyn Nets fans out there – Good luck. That's all I can say is good luck. But, you know, a guy like Joe Harris that has busted his ass to become a, a, a very good NBA role player who can shoot the – I mean, he's one of the best three-point shooters we've had in the league in, in the last several years. He's a valuable piece to that team. And, and what, maybe this doesn't bother him, but maybe it does. And we'll see what happens. So – um I want to shift to a, a talent and a player who also has had a lot of controversy around him since he was uh, drafted into the league in a part of a controversial trade on draft night 2017. Um, but I want, I want to get there in this fashion. You know, with the schedule makers now, uh, you've got these interesting back-to-backs going on. They're limiting you know, four games and five nights, but teams now, because of the schedule, when they play the LA back to back, they're playing against arguably the two best teams in basketball, the Lakers and the Clippers. And it is uh, really something when, when you've got to look at your schedule and, uh, and say, wow, we've got two in a row at Staples against these guys. So of the five teams this season to uh, do this, uh, only Toronto, has managed to win one of those games until the Orlando Magic ended the Lakers' nine-game winning streak on Wednesday night. And as we tape this on Thursday, the Magic faced the Clippers. So, I mean, cherry on top to even compete with the Clippers after beating the Lakers. But I want to get to it. Markel Fultz leads the way with a triple-double at Staples Center on Wednesday, what did you see from him? And he's had some some two games on, one game off, one game on, one game off, but he's starting to string some together, together some games now. Is this the turning point for Markel Fultz, who many thought would not be able to stick in the league after what happened in Philly? Well, without question, this is probably his most complete effort from start to finish in his young NBA career. And we all saw the talent and, and potential of what he could do. And then it's great to see him, especially watching him over the last couple of years, to get to this point and to put together a game where you can say, that's why they drafted this kid, number one, in 2017. He was exceptional last night. He played very well. 
and he made big time plays, especially down the stretch versus a team, the Lakers, who are arguably the best team in the NBA, certainly one of the better teams. And uh, it's good to see a young player perform and meet the challenge. Now, and granted, granted, BJ, Anthony Davis was not playing. So he was not there to deter him from driving to the paint. But the Lakers have formed a defensive identity. They have been, if not the best team in the NBA this season, in the top two, three conversation. But to see Fultz do that on the road in L.A. against that opponent with that confidence, I'm really excited for him and I'm excited for Orlando because now you start to look at the future of that team. And, yes, Jonathan Isaac won out, and hopefully he will be okay in the long run. But Jonathan Isaac has stud written all over him. And Markel Fultz, if he can be 75 to 80% of what we thought he was going to be when he was touted and hyped, um, the Orlando Magic are now putting together some interesting building blocks. But if you're Philly, do you – I mean, obviously this is a a business where you make moves and you live with the results. Um, (laughs) Did the Sixers make a huge mistake in how they handled Fultz or what they eventually did with Fultz is my big question. Well, if you're Philadelphia, you don't look back. And, you know, I've said this many a times, Eric, we we are in the business of winning. That's the business we're in. And what we're talking about, Markel Fultz, he needs to develop. He needs to continue to develop. And maybe two, three, four years from now, you know, we can all say could have, would have, should have. But at that moment in time, he was not ready to perform at that level. And a lot of times in your career, Eric, you, you want to get to the point where you get a group of guys who are in their prime who are ready to win and win now. I think we can all agree he's not ready to do that now. And Philadelphia is on a different timeline than he is as far as the, as far as the development of his career. And it's no knock against what Philly did, and it's no knock against what Markell and where he's at in his career. It's just that the timing of it wasn't a match for, for, for either group. And I think the best thing for him is to go to a place like Orlando where he can develop, where he can play through his mistakes, where he can experiment because that's what he needs. And that's what every player needs. You know, the formula to be a player in this league is universal, right? You need minutes and you need shots where there are a lot of minutes and there are a lot of shots in Orlando Mm -hmm. right now. And that's what he needs. So I'm happy for him. I think Philadelphia has moved on. They're competing with the group that they have. They feel they have an opportunity to win. And uh, I think it works for everyone involved. So from the top pick in 2017, To the top pick in 2019, we have a date for the return of Zion Williamson. January 22nd against the Spurs. Let's push all the hype aside. What is realistic to expect from Zion as he gets back into a rhythm here in the 2020 regular season? Well, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding every number one pick. And, you know, that's always great marketing and anticipation for the NBA and its fans and people who follow the NBA closely. And I'm just as as intrigued as everyone else to see this young man because of his unique size and his style of play and what he can do on the court against NBA players. Now, 
in saying that, I, I'm also very hesitant because there's no way to get around the conditioning that's necessary to play in the NBA. And it takes time to build up the necessary strength and you know conditioning that's necessary. And he's missed not only training camp, but he's missed the entire season thus far. Mm-hmm. So I'm very hesitant to throw him in an NBA game because he's had three weeks of you know, whatever, non-contact or contact practices. And that's not the same as the conditioning necessary to prepare for an NBA game. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to watch with my fingers crossed and to hope that this young man is able to get through this because of his age. But certainly in my experience as an ex-player and my experience working in this league and continuing to work in this league, there's no way to get around the conditioning necessary to play in an NBA game without putting in the work. And that work comes practicing, playing, and doing all of those things before you actually enter into a game. So I'm a little skeptical because of, you know, I've seen so many players and I admire the fact that he wants to come back. I admire the fact that he's healthy to play in the game. He's worked himself into condition but again when you're playing in the nba game that's a little different than playing in 505 during the season and you're practicing and i think experience and i think over time you know for all of us who've had an opportunity to experience that you know that there's no way to get ready to play other than to put in the work and it's just not enough time for him to do it but so be it he's going to play i think on the 22nd and we'll see how it turns out So with that, BJ, it's been a breakout season for Brandon Ingram. He's clearly the scoring offensive focal point of this team. What does he need to adjust, if anything, with Zion back in the lineup? Just real quick, does he just need to continue to play his game and Zion needs to fit in, or does there need to be give and take on both sides? Well, you know, we must remember or not forget that we don't know what Zion is as an NBA player. I don't know. Where does he play? Does he play the four? Does he play the five? Is he uh, three? I, I'm not sure yep. uh, what he is. So I think initially, I think we, we need to just allow Zion to figure out who and what he's going to be. Most coaches always try to find out what a player is going to be on the defensive end before they figure out what they're going to be on the offensive end. So I don't know what, position he's most comfortable defending I would venture to say he's probably more comfortable playing closer to the basket now than he will be probably two three four years from today for sure so so with that you know I think brand Brandon is has to is going to have to continue to carry the load because we can't expect Zion at this point to be able to carry a load in the NBA let alone from where he's starting from uh, at this point. And BJ, they they shouldn't want him to. Brandon Ingram has really taken a big leap forward. Zion knows how to uh, get his in the flow of the game, which we've seen before both at the college level and in the uh, limited preseason summer league action. So um, (laughs) I think think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Derek Favors, unfortunately for the Pelicans, is out of the lineup again. 
It's given minutes to um, another promising rookie. They have Jackson Hayes in the front court. We've seen a resurgence of Jaleel Okafor. So uh, I think this is a good opportunity to just ease him in and, 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 and just get him in a rhythm and get him comfortable. And this is a team that's playing this uh, w- with a long lens, a, a wide window. There's no rush here. So, um, you know, we thought they'd be competing for a playoff spot. It's going to take a little bit longer. A team that is competing for the play, a playoff spot, which we uh, both picked their rookie point guard, John Morant, to win rookie of the year. So he's making us look very good right now. But in no way did we expect the Grizzlies to be challenging in the Western Conference playoff race. And they are this fun, up-tempo style team. Uh, Brandon Clark, who they drafted uh, this past year in the front court, has stepped in and, and given them uh, a little bit more than I think they were expecting. But it starts with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. What are you seeing from this exciting young combo backcourt, frontcourt? Well, John Morant is, is a very exciting player. He's a very dynamic player. And he's a game changer in this sense. There isn't an area on the court he can't get to. He has exceptional speed and quickness, and he has shown that he's fearless on both ends of the court. And that, to me, is the most exciting thing about watching him play and watching him perform this far is that he takes on the challenge on the defensive end every night in a league where you have, you know, this is a guard league now, and he is... He's thrown himself right into the fire. He's learning on the job. And more importantly, he's he's going at people and taking that on every single night. You know, this is a guard league now, Eric. It reminds me more of the collegiate game of yesteryear than the pro game that we were watching in the, the 80s and the 90s. This league now is a, is a guard-dominated league, right? And yep. uh, John Morant, physically fits into that category. The young man is a terrific decision maker in transition. And we all know that he is a he's a he finished he can finish over the top of you if necessary. So he has all of the physical skills that you want that you look for in a lead guard. And he's elevated himself because he's playing at such a high level, right? Which is very difficult to do for young guards because not only is he scoring he is, he can organize, he can, you know, initiate off the offense. And when you have a young guard that understands that, then you're looking at something special. So I'm going to continue to follow this young man with great interest. He definitely has my attention. And um, I think now he's catching the attention of not just fans like myself, but he's catching the attention of the players now because he's letting them know I'm here to compete. And uh, he takes on that challenge on the defensive end, which is very impressive for a young kid. 18 points, almost seven assists, three and a half rebounds per game. But here's what is beyond impressive as a rookie. 49% from the floor, 40 from three, 80 at the free throw line. He has a couple of more really hot games. (laughs) I mean, he could be a 50-40 
I mean, he'll, he won't get to 90 shooting free throws, but imagine 50, 40, 80 plus in his first year for field goal percentage, three point percentage, and yeah. free throw percentage. I mean, that's, that's beyond uh, impressive. And, you know, he's playing about 30 minutes a night and how easy he's making it for Jaron Jackson Jr. to take his next step forward because he's got this guy now that takes the pressure off of him from having to be this number one. Jaron Jackson is very talented, but he's not ready to be a number one offensive player yet. He's a great two-way front court talent who can score in the paint. He can, he can shoot it from the outside. He's athletic, uh, but he needs someone to get him the ball in his spots, and that's who John ja Morant is. So what's really interesting here is Andre Iguodala hasn't suited up for the Grizzlies this season. He's been awaiting a trade to a quote-unquote contender. If you're the Grizzlies right now, do you want to say to him, hey, if you get on the floor, you can help us get into the postseason and mentor these guys? Or is there a market out there that makes sense for the Grizzlies to ship him to a more established contender at this point? Well, I think with Andre, look, he's proven he's a big-time player in big moments. Defensively, he is the size and athleticism that every general manager, especially a contending team, is looking for. And he plays the game in a way where he doesn't need a lot of touches. He just plays the game in the flow of the game because of, you know, his style and what he brings to the to the court. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a huge market for him, especially if a team feels that a player with his capabilities can push them over the top. And it will be interesting. I, I expect them to get a lot of calls and build a lot of calls, talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, and we'll see where it goes. But you know, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers or, you know, other teams that feel they have an opportunity, certainly Andre Iguodala would be a name that I would definitely uh, reach out and uh, see what, what is necessary or if there's a possibility to get a player like that. So, BJ, two quick things to close. Uh, the quote here from J.J. Redick, his concern that some players in today's game don't have their priorities in order uh quote i really believe this there are more guys concerned with getting a pregame fit on instagram than they are worrying about the win or a loss of a basketball game what do you make of this quote from reddick does it surprise you or is it just a product of the fact that we have so many young guys in this league who have not yet fully matured and evolved well i think it's the product of where we're at as a society right now and we've come to a point now where, you know, you'll hear quotes like, you know, let's do it for the gram. <laughs> and, and this is where we're at. So I'm not going to fight it. It is what it is. This is where we're at. And we have to deal with it. In saying that, you know, we also have to find a way to focus and understand why, why we do what we do. And we have to have the focus necessary to continue to perform at our jobs and you know young people in school and what have you and um, but I, I think this is this is where we're at and I don't think it's going away and we have to continue to find a way to figure out how to work around these distractions that we have and this is certainly one and now it's entered into the NBA where I think some of the older players are seeing a difference from when they came into the league to where it's at now. Absolutely. Um, Let's end on a very positive note. Though things uh, 
big picture in this country still need a lot of work and fixing monday martin luther king day january 20th a very special day honoring the memory and legacy of dr king and the nba has done an unbelievable job of uh spotlighting this with community service and messaging and also an incredible slate of games 14 games now on martin luther king monday uh highlighted by a couple of gems uh lakers celtics play on martin luther king day monday which is absolutely uh fantastic not just for me personally but for uh the league and the attention that game can get and hopefully uh, a new chapter in that rivalry can be written soon. Uh, another game that I'm looking forward to watching that day uh, is actually the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. That game being played in Memphis, uh, very special. Uh, what does Martin Luther King Day mean to you both personally and through the basketball lens? Well, you know, I, I think the universal thought of um, dedicating your life to truth is a, a theme that has always resonated with me since I was a youth of dedicating your life to the truth, regardless of color or religion or, or the differences that we may have. You know, that's a, that's a huge commitment. And, you know, and the, 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 the organizational skills that were required to be able to organize a movement, you know, here in this country, against all odds and against you know a system that really for better or for worse that you know that needed to be changed and the fact that you know martin luther king and and as him as the forefront but there were all people you know there were a lot of people that were involved in, in, in this process and as we continue to strive it's certainly not that the system isn't perfect and it's continuing to you know figure out what it needs to do when I talk about the system and racism and all the things that exist in this country and all around the world. But Martin Luther King is always as a, as a beacon of light. He's always stood there at the forefront of saying, you know what, you have to find a way and you continue to move forward. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, he's been very inspirational, not only to me, but many people throughout the world for the work and how one person dedicated his life to the truth and to his truth. And, um, and certainly many of us are continuing to carry that dream and that hope of, of what the world could look like as we all move forward. For sure. A special day, uh, a special legacy. And uh, with the, uh, the, the, the state of things in this country and what, what I love about uh, how we do our show is um, we mentioned things, things that I think are obvious to us. Our listeners may have very different or um, similar political beliefs, society beliefs, whatever they may be. Everyone's entitled to that. But uh, the message and legacy of Dr. King uh, can only help us as a country and a society as we move forward. So I'm looking forward to, to celebrating that on, on Monday and uh, digging in for some great basketball and throwing some text messages your way and, and going back and forth. And hopefully the, the Celtics and the Lakers can give us a, uh, a, a gem on Monday night. So great getting back on with you today, my friend. Uh, we'll be back next week on the Pure Hoops podcast. Special thanks, as always, to producer Mike Lieber, the one and only Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolfen, 
Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show, dropping each and every Monday. Mike always has a stellar guest on, so check him out there. Catch and Shoot 2.0, Otto Strong, doing his thing now down based in Dallas. And uh, his co-hosts, uh, Aaron Berlin, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, with the one and only Monica McNutt. And, of course, BJ Armstrong and I back with the Beer Hoops podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the MLK games. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. And uh, as always, stay pure. Peace. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.